Interesting interval. Twice a year, your Mondays change. I said at least twice. I might only notice twice. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen more. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, boy, again, it is a busy time of year for media stuff. We've got Endgame. By the time you hear this, it'll be out. Uh huh. We've probably <laughs> we've got <laughs> Game of Thrones is capturing the imagination of everybody on Twitter every single Sunday night, or I guess Monday, depending on where you are on Earth. No, I'm good. Talking about Game of Thrones, I'm already yawning. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, if you log on to Twitter, like, any time after the start of Game of Thrones through the rest of the night... Yeah, all the trending stuff is just Game of Thrones stuff, yeah. It's like, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones Season 8, Danny, Jon, Rhaegar, Arya, it's like, dang. There's one here that's what happens when you spend spring break with, like, your parents... Right, and it's just a side by side photo of the two times Jamie Lannister has been to Winterfell. One in season one, where he's like young and blonde, and one in season eight, where he's old, bearded, and brown. <laughs> right, his blonde hair is gone. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's pretty much how that works. Jamie is old. Yeah, pretty much. Dear Discord, I don't think you have to save me from Twitter. Could be wrong. <laughs> Could be wrong. Could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> uh, good times. Man, he looks so different. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Too. Anyway, good times with Jamie. Remember that time he pushed Bran out the window? Bran sure does. <laughs> what people do for love. That, yeah, that was good. That was such a good moment. Because you could see Jamie like, are you going to out me? Am I going to get like stabbed in the face 18 times right here? <laughs> Am I about, about to be lynched? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if they'd make it fast either. It would be real mad. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's interesting because it's kind of one of the first bits of humanity Bran has shown in a while. He's like, I'm not Bran Stark. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. Doesn't show any emotion when any of his siblings are like, oh, I'm so glad you're alive, Bran. I'm so happy to see you. He's like, meh. <laughs> but then Jamie Lannister shows up and he trolls him <laughs> in the meeting. <laughs> it's like... The only funny thing he's done since he's become the Three-Eyed Raven. I loved it. Oh, great. I did watch, like, a uh, like a breakdown in the first episode, and people were saying that it's this weird... Uh, it's not weird. It's, like, an intentional reversal where Bran as a child was much more human, and Jamie Lannister as, you know, season one was a bit more inhuman, looking to push people out of windows, and now... Jamie's gone through all that stuff, losing his hand, yada, yada, yada. He's become more human, and Bran becoming a three-hour raven is now inhuman, so they've just kind of had a role reversal. Yeah, I can see that. Makes total sense. Yep. It's weird. So anyway, just another episode of people sitting around Winterfell talking to each other and not really uh, talking about stuff that I think matters very much if the Night King destroys you all in the coming like eight-hour period. From what I understand, it's not a. it's an episode that needs to happen because it's a show. <laughs> No, because it makes sense in yeah. the story. Yeah, exactly. They just they needed a table set. They needed to do another episode like they used to do in the earlier seasons where it was literally just people in the room talking to each other, but it was really good anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that's what this was. It was just people coming to terms with the fact they were likely going to die 
in the next, you know, next eight hours tomorrow, whenever that is, mm-hmm. and just how they dealt with it. And just they wanted to spend time with people that they cared about, or at least people that they knew. That seems to be uh, what the general plan was for everybody involved. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was fine. Yeah. It was good. There were some good moments. I just, again, I just couldn't help but put in the back of my head, like, should you be training? Like, making some more spears? I just, are you really ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> If you're eight hours out of a major conflict, there is no amount of spears that will change the outcome of it that you can make in eight hours when you could be getting a good night's rest (laughs) or raising your morale somewhat. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I mean, I guess training is not what I should be complaining about, but does everybody have a sword? How about two swords? Everybody have two swords? (laughs) I just, anyway, yes, for sure. Yeah, and speaking of the Valerian Steel, which is really important, I did like that John, uh, not John, uh, Sam, Sam gave Heartsbane to Jorah. So Sam was like, I stole this from my dad. It's Valerian Steel. He didn't want me to have it. I took it anyway, and I'm not a fighter, so here, you can have this. Go kill a bunch of stuff with it. And Jorah's like, awesome, that's cool. And he's a great fighter, so it makes sense. So he's got that. Cool. And then Brienne, obviously, with Oathkeeper, is an incredibly competent fighter, so she's going to be just fine with her Valerian Steel. Jon has Longclaw. He's a decent to okay fighter, so that's all right, I guess. Arya has the Valerian Steel dagger that was used to try to assassinate Bran in Season 1. She ends up getting it through this really convoluted path, but bottom line, she has it now, and again, she's probably the most deadly like one-on-one combat person in Winterfell right now, so that's cool, too. I think that's it. I think that's it for Valyrian Steel, pretty much on the entire continent. They've managed to gather it all to Winterfell. Is Valyrian still more important than the Obsidian when it comes to killing undead? Right. It is unclear at this stage. We know that Obsidian can kill the Whites. Can kill the Brainless, I'm going to kill you things. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's been established. I don't know that we've seen Obsidian kill a Walker, though. Like one of the main dudes with the long flowing white hair that we think came from Crasher's keep babies throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And we've only ever seen one of those killed with long claw, which is Valerian steel. We haven't ever seen obsidian tried, but I don't know. I imagine they should try it. Right. (laughs) Right. Cause that'd be awesome if it did. I feel like it didn't make it too easy. Cause you could just, cause uh, you've got, who's the blacksmith dude, Gendry. Just sitting there Gendry, make, yep. making a bunch of obsidian weapons, right? Like, just make yeah. a bajillion and, arrow tips. <laughs> and then you're <yes>. fine. <laughs> and that's what they've really tried to stress to us in episodes one and two. They keep showing huge amounts of dragon glass showing up to Winterfell and dumped mm. on the ground in the in the blacksmith area. Did they find a way to work make it, it or did they find it? No, they found it. Oh. Apparently, Dragonstone which is where they were a lot last season, where um, where Daenerys set up camp when they first showed up. Mm. Just has huge deposits of dragon glass, like underneath the castle. Okay. So they mined all that out and hauled sure. it up. So they have, as near as I can tell, probably more dragon glass than they could use, which is awesome. Mm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I totally need to see dragon glass arrowheads on every single arrow. And if there's not that, maybe set it on fire first, at least. Fire is one of those things that looks cool in movies on arrows, but doesn't actually work. 
Why don't you, we put a little bit of pitch on the end? And... No, you, you put fire on an arrow, one of two things happens. It loses its aerodynamics and then doesn't go straight and you can't aim it for shit. Or it goes so fast it puts out the flame. Like, that's all well, there sure, is to but... it. <laughs> one okay, of those two things. Don't, you don't need to aim when there's a vast horde of undead marching on Winterfell. You fire in the general right. direction, you, you, you're okay, going to oh, hit undead. There's a third thing that can happen, which is you can fire it and then you can have the thing fall off, which it just drops yes. and the arrow keeps going alright right right I get that ultimately but it's just, just not worth it <laughs> okay fine flaming spears I don't know something a little bit stronger <laughs> you... <laughs> sure you could, you could tie a torch to the end of a spear and then just burn them right like that's yes. that makes sense alright fine additionally what I want to see is giant balls of flaming something trebuchet right at the undead army coming in just like whoosh but... and then lands on that burns a hundred of them at once. That works, yeah. They need AOE. They need AOE so bad. Don't, I'm trying to think. Like they could fill barrels with wildfire and throw it, but I mean, I it, it might burn the surrounding area and then cause like a wildfire everywhere, like a bushfire. Uh, I mean, it's winter. Oh, that's a good point. That. Yeah, I forgot that it's winter. <laughs> it's I, really cold. I forgot not much vegetation around. Right. Okay. Never mind. That might work. That'd be fine. I don't know that they know how to make wildfire. Well, I'm just saying if Cersei wasn't a bitch, right? Because she's got a bunch, doesn't she? Yeah, she could have sent some up, right, totally. Yeah. That would have been great. I do like that they set up uh, trenches filled with just, like, burning fire stuff. I don't know Mm. if it's water or whatever, but they're doing that. Uh, And then there's the dragons, which are fantastic at AoE and fantastic at clearing out huge numbers of undead. But again, the worry is the Night King's around with his javelin, and he's going to take one down again. Right. Which would suck. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I was thinking maybe you keep him low. He's not as easy of a target uh, versus yeah. when he's flying in the air. Yeah, yeah. L- lower is definitely see. better. Yeah. Yeah. So, keep it low. You can still roast huge numbers of undead from there, but you're not as quite as easy to draw a target on if you're the Night King. Yes. Or... What you do is you build a giant bunker that can house a dragon, and then they can just sit in the middle with like a little gun tart, and you know, stick the snout out. And... Oh my gosh, that's it! Let's do that. Yeah. I, oh, I hope they can. I hope that I had that idea because you're on the defensive, and it's World War One. You don't have to be mobile. Yeah. They're coming to you, man. They're not going anywhere else. You don't have to chase them down. Mm. That's absolutely perfect. Yep. Just build giant wall, build a giant dome, and then have one entrance. And as they try to come through, you just have dragons on the inside melting everything. Yeah, or just sticking his head out and being like, "No, because if it's got its head out, and then uh, spears from the Night King or whatever could come from the sides, uh, dragon can't look at everything while burning everything. So it makes more sense to funnel them inside, and then when they're in the hallway, just melt the hallway. Okay, I'm down. Yeah. I am I am in full support of this idea. The thing is... They're not doing that. If I had to predict... Yeah, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. I don't know if they're doing the huge flaming balls of pitch. I don't know if they're doing fire arrows either. I just... I don't know. Here's the thing. This is supposed to be the longest, most expensive single battle ever put on film. It's supposed mm. to be even longer than the longest of battles on Lord of the Rings extended version. Mm. So... Apparently they're blowing millions of dollars on this thing, so I don't know. Might as well have some flaming balls of maybe the fire. the trebuchets are just giant burning piles of money. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's like, wait, that looks kind of green. Enhance. That's cash. 
so meta. Well, that, well, they need it to be green, right? They couldn't get other material because it's CGI. They need to work with a green screen, right? They couldn't get just fabric, so they had to use Benjamins. Like, what else do you do? That's an excellent, excellent point. Mm. Yes. But anyway, Battle for Winterfell next week in my Deadpool, I have Theon, Brienne, Jamie, and the Hound. Those are my list of people I think are going to die. All of them have seemingly kind of completed their character arcs. And as a result, they can absolutely die. I uh, could be wrong about that. I think they've done a good job at making it seem like anybody can die in the upcoming battle, which I'm cool with. I really like that they've done a lot of groundwork to ha make that happen. So anyway, that's next week. Okay. But first, Endgame. Should we talk about Endgame even though people are going to see it before? Or they hear this? Uh, I don't know. Do we have anything more to oh, talk okay. about that we didn't talk about while watching Infinity War? I really don't think we do. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, we should include them. Something we didn't tell them last week when we told them about we watch us watching Infinity War is that if they want to know our predictions and what the stakes are for the bet, they have to go and watch, listen to that. Correct. Yeah. Because that's where we did all the important stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So do that. Go check it out. Is it on the podcast feed yet? Yeah, it, sorry, it was in the show notes of the last one. It's not going to be in the the feed for this podcast. It's not going to be... Oh, I thought that's what you were going to do. No, I gotcha. no. Um, what we can talk about, because right now it's actually the uh, premiere of oh. Endgame. There's a photo on Twitter of Brie Larson uh, looking lovely in her dress, but someone zoomed in on her hand and she's wearing... A set of rings and a stone in a bracelet on her left hand. The colors for each of the gemstones seem familiar. <laughs> no. Why would they do this to us? So trolly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have uh, a thing? I'm sending you a photo. All right. Uh. Go upload. <laughs> oh, there it is. Ah, uh, yeah. Kinda. I mean, what do we it, got? What, I there's, mean, there's green on the thumb. There's orange on the yeah. wrist, and then you've got yeah. red, orange, and you can't really see the other two. But they're there. The ring finger kind of looks purple, sort of. Well, yeah, kind of. It, it's hard to tell because the dress is also a kind of purple. Right, right. So it's like, oh, I'm looking, it and and the carpet as well. If you look behind her, she's clearly standing on carpet, and one very bored kid in the background. Yeah. Parents <laughs> <laughs> uh, drag me to this, and then the pinky looks kind of green too. So I don't know about this theory, but it is interesting. I mean, it. I mean, okay. So the wrist is clearly set around, uh, like the metal around it, that is identical to what the Infinity Gauntlet's metal looks like. Like, the, just the circular piece right around the gemstone. That's all. Right? And give... I mean, it's a bold choice if this wasn't Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. True fact. I, yeah, I mean, that is crazy. That's clearly... She's obviously having fun. All right, that's all. Probably. At the very least, that's what's going on. I yeah. agree. Yeah. It's not like they're trying to tease that Captain Marvel's going to get the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever. The, yeah. Yeah. But if she does, we'll be like, oh, man, that picture. <laughs> oh, man. So one of my coworkers can't see the movie for like a couple of days. And so yeah. I'm like. Because he's American? She. Oh. She, um, oh. Kid, I was going to say coworker. So 
America would medal. <laughs> I know. And so I was like, sorry, oh, continue. Do, do you do you want me to like take my phone out and I'll just record like what I think the best bits are for you <laughs> and send them to you? <laughs> and she's like, I will make it very difficult for you to work here. And I'm like, how about if I just tell you what the post credit scene is then? <laughs> I think she's going to be very mad at me no matter what I tell her. Oh, that's amazing. Don't do that. Bad idea. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, big week for stuff, man. One Punch Man continues to air. I'm so in love with One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk a little bit about, but little bit about One Punch Man. So sure. My little brother who fell in love with the show, I'm very happy about this still. He finished season one. And he was like, so who's the number one, one ranked hero? And I was like, it's Blast. And he's like, what do you know about Blast? And I'm like, pretty much nothing. We barely know what he looks like. He Apparently there was one fight with a dragon level threat that the it was this elder centipede thing. I don't know. They have weird enemies on this show. Was holding off Genos and Bomb and uh, Bang all together and beating them all at the same time. And then Blast showed up and wiped it out. So it seems like a weird way to give him the number one hero ranking. Like, that's the only thing he's ever done. And he never shows up for anything. Like, he doesn't come to the meetings. He hasn't really been seen in public for a very long time. Nobody knows where he is. And yet he holds on to this number one ranking. So the big thing for him is that what he always says, or what he always used to say before he disappeared, was he'll only come if he's truly needed. If it's a threat that can be handled by the other heroes, he's not going to bother to show up. He only shows up if there's like a true humanity extinction level event or monster that shows up that can't be handled by anybody else. Then he'll show up and help. Okay. So then the question is, where was he when the giant alien ship showed up and started wiping out entire cities that Saitama eventually dealt with? But it wasn't like an instant thing. And I guess the answer to that would be that Saitama did eventually deal with it. And if the problem had become a major problem, something that even Saitama couldn't handle, then Blast would show up and do his best. It's just, I don't know. It's an interesting setup for a hero. I'm not sure if he's ever going to actually show up for anything because Saitama still has yet to be challenged by anything in their entire universe. Right. So it's just, I don't know. It's a weird way, a weird way to have your number one hero kind of do his thing. That's all. I like it. Made me think about it. Um, so... Okay, One Punch Man started off as a parody on traditional shonen manga and anime, where it's like, the bad guys want to monologue for 10 minutes and people are going to spend four episodes powering up. And that's why Saitama just doesn't care, he's like, One Punch and Sun, and this is so boring because it's like a played out trope now, in Japanese anime, right, manga. That's what that is, yeah. and so it, it's still kind of the parody, where it's like, the strongest guy isn't even around because he just he's like yeah i'll get to it you know if it's a problem hmm. it'll come to me <laughs> right all right so that's why i think it makes sense to not have the best guy there because they're like normally in these shows the strongest guy is the one that's turning up all the time he's like i have a god complex i must save everyone every time nope don't need him don't even need him in the right. show 90 percent of the time we don't need him unless we need him, and we haven't needed him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I can see that. So in just in the sense that if the show is trying to invert all the existing tropes that exist in this type of media, and this fits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's almost like he's acting like a villain, a supervillain, right? Mm. Like he's being Thanos in this world where he sends other lesser people to do the work. 
But it really comes down to brass tacks. He'll get off his chair and do something. Right. And he's amazingly powerful, right? Yeah. That's usually how the villains work. The heroes are usually more than willing to help consistently. But he's just not, so. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, feel, okay. uh, I like that. I like that theory. It's good. All right. So there's also Scarlett Johansson wearing the same getup. Or a similar... Yeah, it's the same getup, pretty much. Her stone... Her... Oh. Soul stone or mind stone is not on her wrist. It's on like the back of her hand. But purple dress? Nope, gold dress. Oh man, hers is more blatant. Holy crap! Yeah. Okay, so green, kind of a turquoise. Is there a turquoise power stone? Uh, the space star <laughs> is like a light blue. Uh, it's a light blue. It's blue. Turquoise is a light blue. <laughs> oh, we've had this discussion. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so we have time stone, space stone. What's mm-hmm. the middle finger? The middle purple? one's supposed to be red for the reality stone, but it looks very like dark purple. Yeah, it's incredibly purple. <laughs> and then we have lighter purple on the ring finger, yellow yeah. and orangish in the middle. It's hmm. like a peach color. <laughs> this one is inc- this one is just blatant. Holy crap! Right. This is them. They're they're doing this on purpose. Yep. All right. Well, mystery solved. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> this on purpose with Bree? Eh, maybe. Hold on. New evidence concluded. <laughs> yeah. So, hmm. uh, so I will be turning off the Twitter machine and the Facebook machine and Discord and pretty much everything for the next couple of days here. It's going to be great. <laughs> I can't wait to spoil it for be, you on the stream. It's going to be great. So productive at work. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Uh, get so much done my boss is going to be like wait a second your output is four times what you normally are <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and game oh what we do in the shadows you were watching some of that yeah you spoiled episode three for me i sure did because <laughs> i got them mixed up in my head and i thought stuff happened in episode two but really it was in episode three yep <laughs> yep so i'm gonna owe you one for that tomorrow <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> you you sounded real scared for a second there. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, mm, it's not how, yeah, I, I mean, what, what this means is you can accidentally spoil something for me, <laughs> is how this is. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, okay, let me accidentally spoil something for you. Okay. Uh, um, Tony gets a new suit. <laughs> It's got three buttons and it's lovely. He has a new suit in every movie. It's not really a thing. <laughs> yeah. He does. He's always tinkering. He's, He's always a tinkerer. Tinker. Yeah. Yeah. Not a spoiler. Tony, what we do in the sh- no? What we do in the shadows? If we uh, haven't, you haven't heard us talk about it before. It is a TV show based on a film. What we do in the shadows, written by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, mm-hmm. about modern day vampires who live in New Zealand. <laughs> It is hilarious. I love it. And when they announced they were doing a TV show by the same people, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement, about modern-day vampires living in America, I was like, this could easily suck, but could also be pretty great. And (laughs) thankfully, I think so far it's turned out to be pretty great. I've really enjoyed it. It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. So basically the bottom line here is you've got three, well, four vampires who live in a creepy old vampire house on Staten Island. And they don't really accomplish much. I mean, they're effectively immortal beings who've been alive for hundreds of years. So largely they bicker amongst each other. Sometimes they go out and get familiars to kind of do their bidding for them, which are just 
humans that they have recruited to help them out. Sometimes willingly and sometimes they... Is it always willing? I kind of feel like it's always willing in this universe. It's potentially willing. Um, yeah. yeah I don't know if always, willing. though. I don't know if we can say that. Yeah. Probably not yeah, always. Like, well, actually, no. It's probably not always willing. Because that mm-hmm. guy did, like, the whisper through the ether to the congress... Like, the... Not congressman. Um, councilman? Councilman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it feels like it's... That wasn't exactly willing. Like, that guy didn't want to give up his life to scream and call the other council lady a bitch. <laughs> right? Sure. But that wasn't him creating a familiar. He was just... No, but dominating that, him to like right. preach his message well, there you go he, they can get other people to do stuff to do their bidding right and familiars there's usually only one at a time for a vampire it's not like you have six familiars right they haven't shown anyone else to have six though that's a good point that's a lot of familiars i guess the reason i wonder about <laughs> how willing it is is because one of the main characters guillermo uh is a human familiar of one of the vampires nando and he is willingly doing this because he wants to be a vampire really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's hoping that one day his master will bite him and turn him into a vampire because that'd be super cool. But so far, no good. It's been like 10 years. And this <laughs> hasn't happened. So Guillermo's kind of bummed about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know how much of a weirdo he is. Like, I don't know if we can find other people who are just like him that just want to hang with a vampire and do what he says in hopes of turn- being turned into a vampire one day. Um... Okay, so there's a series of books that I've read some of. Uh, by mm-hmm. by series, I mean like 25 books. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so I, I, when I say some, I mean like 16. Um, and the, the books get progressively better and worse for various reasons. But one of the things that the author does really well is the world in which it takes place feels like it, one that could reasonably exist within the boundaries that they set. And it's about vampires, right? So it's relevant. And yeah, okay. the the first premise of the book is like vampires have been made legally alive in the United States, right? They have voting rights, they pay taxes, they're legal citizens. So they're subject to laws as well? Yes. Okay. Right. And so like the way that she makes that work is by having things like if a guy comes back as a vampire, is his will still legal? Right? Does it take place? And stuff like oh. that. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. question. Yeah, because their heart doesn't beat, so you could declare them dead, and they were dead for, I think it's three days in that world. And so let's say the will gets enacted, but then they rise again. Do they have to give all their stuff back? And so throughout all the books, you're seeing like little cases like that pop up and interesting things. But... In huh, in like the that. in the book, there's also massive cults of like people that just work for vampires. One because they've been around forever, and now that they're legal, they've got billions of dollars just stashed everywhere. So they're good. It's right. good profit. And there are lots of people that are just into like the new fad phase, right? It's like the new diet shake in Hollywood is to become a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I never see a fat vampire, do you? No. <laughs> nope. Um, hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the books I saw a fat vampire. Guillermo. Guillermo. Yeah. I, I. They do explicitly state that wherever your body is when you die, it's like that forever. Like a vampire won't gain weight, but if one dies, a vampire. There is a fat vampire. Uh, wait. No, he might be the human that works at the bar. 
there's there's a guy called Luther <laughs> in one of the first books who's like this big, fat, heavy, overweight chain smoker. Um, right, right. Who deals in information and he works at like a vampire under establishment. I'm trying to remember if he's a human that works at the bar in the daytime or if he's a fat vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Read the books. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, so the concept is you have to get yourself thin and then turn into a vampire or you're well, still fat forever. I mean, you'll be fat, but it won't matter, right? Like, uh, vampires are mm. incredibly strong, right? And have, like, superhuman speed. So it's like, if you're overweight, it won't matter. It won't slow you down. You can bench press a Toyota. Okay, so if you're in it for the fitness concept and being able to do things physically, yes. But, I don't know, a lot of people are just in it for body image, right? They just want to be thin for the sake of being thin. Right, but they'll also be thin forever. So it's really, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. It is. It's very complicated. <laughs> well, one of the, like, I'll give you another example of how like the world makes sense. There's a rise of a new church, and it's the Church of Eternal Life. And it's like, no gimmicks, no BS. We just literally give you eternal life. We just make you into a vampire. Sure thing. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, yeah. I they, like it. They, they, yeah. I, I really like, I don't know, maybe the first ten of these books. So I could talk for a while on them, but they, they do kind of get trashy. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to keep that concept going for too long. No, the, the concept goes fi- fine. But the first couple of books are like sci-fi thriller investigation, right? Like detective novels almost. And that keeps okay. going for a bit. And then it's clear the author wanted to write erotica. And then the author just writes erotica. Oh, well, it's a hard left. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the books start great. And I recommend them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Just don't go too far. When you see the erotica, you've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Dresden series investigates, you know, kind of the real world realities of vampires being real too. Not a whole lot. I mean, vampires are one of many magical creatures that are actual, they, they actually exist in our world and the many consequences thereof. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, vampires, super wealthy. They've got entire courts dedicated to just keeping themselves in power. They fight against other courts of vampires and try to gain control over humans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. I like the Dresden Files. Eventually, one will, another one will come out. It'll be great. Eventually. Eventually. It's going to be a new Game of Thrones book soon, isn't it? Yeah. Right along, right about the same time. That's not true. Is it the Blizzard soon? Well, no. Because Dresden is giving... Or Dresden. Butcher <laughs> is giving updates to his to the next book as he's working on it. So Right. He's like on chapter 48 and he's planning on doing around 55 chapters and then it has to be edited and, you know, said to the publisher and stuff. So there's a bunch of time, but at least we know where it is and it's mostly written. Whereas with Winds of Winter and Mr. Martin, we have none of these things. None no of information this. at all. No, no information. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody will ever know when it's coming. Except for him. Except for him. Yeah. And he won't even admit to himself it's never coming out. So he doesn't even count. <laughs> Blah. So anyway, what we do in the shadows, highly recommended. Really enjoying it. It's just, it's funny. It's just kind of a, uh, so the vampires have been tasked with taking over the new world. They haven't conquered anything. They've effectively <laughs> sat in this house for the last 200 years, they, doing nothing with their time. They haven't conquered the neighborhood they're in. <laughs> right. There's a local pack of werewolves <laughs> peeing on their gods. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. So yeah, basically they sit around doing very interesting gardening. Uh, we're not going to get too far into that. And apparently making sparkle paintings. Mm-hmm. And throwing parties for each other. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And murdering virgins every once in a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And working in an office. Yeah. And working in an office. So the one thing that's introduced that's really new to this universe is the concept of a, what does he call himself? An energy vampire. Energy vampire. Yeah. So he's an energy vampire. His name is Colin. And he just dresses, dresses like an office drone. He's got a dress shirt and a sweater over it and a pair of slacks and he's balding and he's got glasses. He just looks like a regular dude and he just lives with his other vampires who are all like dark haired and wearing capes and really old clothing. And they've got facial <laughs> hair and everything. They look like vampires. Colin does not. Colin looks like a dude because his thing is that he just wanders over to you, tells you a really boring story, and sucks your will to live right out of your body. And that's how he feeds, and he loves it. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the actor just nails it, too, because he just, he <laughs> absolutely pitch perfect. It does the tone where it's like, Hey, that's an interesting fact. Did you know from something 200 years ago that no one actually cares about? And he goes on a huge rant about the history of horseshoeing. Right. Incredible. Yeah. Well, Bill, you're not you're not going to believe this, but I've actually changed my position on the Q-tip again. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and it's so great because the camera looks at the person that he's talking to and their heads are just going lower and lower onto their desks, just like slumping further and further down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so great. Mm. Uh, so anyway, check it out. Highly recommend it. It's very funny. I don't know how much Taika Waititi or Jermaine Clement are on set or anything or writing this stuff, but it has their soul. It's exactly what, what we do in the shadows was 10 years ago. And, Check it out. It's on FX in the United States. Yep. I'm going to assume Microsoft Store in Australia. Yep. Because that's where everything is in Australia. It's Netflix and Microsoft Store. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So. Netflix is on the Microsoft Store. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know Microsoft owned your country. When did this happen? <laughs> if you're in Europe or like South America, I have no idea where you can get this show. I'm sorry. Yeah. No clue. Just... um probably pirate bay yeah i mean check netflix because a lot of stuff that i don't have on netflix here is available on netflix in other countries so give it a shot yeah so what else what else is going on in the world Mario won another gsl he certainly did what is with this guy <laughs> i know right four gsls in a row steps outside a career can't win shit right it's like he has these moments where he looks virtually unstoppable and then he has other moments where it's like why did you why did you do that why did you get 3-0'd by stats i don't know i don't know i'm trying to want like i'm thinking is it because he doesn't want like he wants the gsl like he wants to get five in a row now and so he doesn't want to ruin his build outside of gsl so he just plays badly intentionally like maybe maybe his entire priority in life is to win gsls he doesn't care about anything else that would explain a lot yeah but he didn't win gsl super tournament True. Which Classic did, by the way. I have a Gumia. Was it... That was Classic SOS. No. Oh, uh, was it? Uh, I mean, I thought it was Gumia. I might have misread. I'm going to pull up this bracket real quick. Yeah, it was a PvP final. Okay. Uh, we're talking We're talking about Super Tournament number two, right? No, oh, wait. No, I'm in the wrong place. 
Yeah. Uh, Super Tournament number one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic Gumio. Yeah, hmm. I was looking at the 2018 Super Tournament number two. Okay, there we go. Gotcha. 2019, the most recent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, way to go, Gumio. I mean, you look at that lineup. You don't think, man, Gumio's making it to the final for sure. <laughs> nope. No. As you say, it's because Gumiho would have had to play so many TVPs. By the time he gets to Classic at the Grand Finals, Classic would have watched all those games and seen every TVP build Gumiho has that he can pull out. True fact. And so he's like, I know what you can do now. And all you've seen me do is t uh, like PVPs. Right? Yep. And so you have no idea what I've got coming. It's an excellent, excellent argument. Gumiho had nothing but PVTs after the round of 16. Yeah. And Classic had nothing but PVPs after the round of 16. Yeah. That's funny. Also, what happened to my Zergs? Where are my Zergs at? <laughs> oh, please. No one in Korea plays Zergs anymore. <laughs> okay. Dark, Rogue, Ragnarok, Solar, and Sue were all there, and none of them made it out of the round of 16. Yeah. If you had told me that and been like, I'll let you bet $5 to win a million, mm -hmm. I would have been like, sure thing. That's a super sure bet. And no, absolutely not. I would have lost that bet. It's... Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. No I'm, Zergs at all. I mean, honestly, Ragnarok, I I don't see him beating anyone else in this tournament, right? Like, yeah, that's fair. Ragnarok's yeah. I mean, not he, great. I mean, he three two or he two threed parting. He didn't get racked. I mean, he still lost to parting a streamer. True fact. Oh, so if you stream, you're no good. Is that what this is? No, I'm saying parting's focus isn't on being a full time pro gamer where Ragnarok's is. Hmm. Interesting. What about innovation? Is his focus not being on a being a full time streamer? I mean, pro gamer. I would say innovation is. I think he has a part of being a pro gamer is streaming obligations. If you're on a team, a lot of them do that because they want to be like, you got to be out there and promote yourself and have some interaction with the fans. You know, mm. <laughs> trying to build that hype around a player, right? Like teams want that. Uh, yeah. But innovation isn't streaming eight hour days. He's streaming like fact. four hour weekends. <laughs> Yeah, every once in a while, for sure. Yeah, and sometimes it's League. <laughs> right? It's not always StarCraft. Truth. And guess what? Innovation, not here. He is not. Yeah, I was noticing that. Someone needs to pick up Polt. Where the heck is Polt? I don't know. Is Polt good yet? I mean, sure. Is he out of gold yet? <laughs> yes, he's probably... Uh, I wonder if we can look up who's in GM at the moment. Yeah, I can check out the ladder. Let's look at Asia's ladder and everybody's barcode because, of course, they are. This is stupid. Why does this even exist? The top 10 players on the Korean ladder are all barcodes. And then you have stats <laughs> at 11, yeah. Yeah. All right, Holt is 103. On the ladder. Okay. That's fine. Mm -hmm. He's getting there. Yeah. He's below I me and Michael, which is interesting. Wouldn't you... Wouldn't you want to pick him up, though? Like, it's Polt. At the very least, everybody loves Polt. Even if he's not going to win GSLs for you, like, pick him up. Get some publicity for your organization, Do man. Does everyone love Polt? Everyone loves Polt. You refuse to host and raid Polt when I ask you to. That's true. I refuse to give him my six viewers, which he desperately needs. He might desperately appreciate it, though. He might be like, Falcon Paladin. I, 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 I do think a lot of teams... Are looking for players that are going to win all right especially because polt's got prestige he might not win but he's got prestige which means he's going to cost money but probably might not make it <laughs> right? interesting point 
Mm-hmm. So he's going to cost more money and look at uh, who else has come back from the military recently. MC. Well, he, he didn't come back from the military. I think he came back from retirement. MMA came in, was here for like three weeks and left. <laughs> Tasia. Yeah, Tasia. Um, yeah. So they might be like waiting to see if Pult sticks around. Fair. I wonder how long they're going to wait. It's been a couple of weeks. <clears throat> Pult is above Serral on the Korean ladder. Ah, see, he is good. Although Serral has won seven games oh. this season, apparently. S is number one with a 5-0 and record. <laughs> <laughs> the last time he played ladder, apparently, was uh, March 23rd. So mm. it's been a while. Hmm. There's a true barcode. According to SC2 Unmasked, they don't know who the number two place person is on the Korean ladder as Terran. Hmm, There's a barcode to them. Yeah. I'd, I'd be willing to bet that it's innovation. Yeah, innovation or Mark. One of the two. One of the two. I would like to point out yeah. that Serral has, like, the Serral account has played 169 games of 2v2. What the what? Yeah. And he's only Was won it? 129. It does not show who he was 2v2ing with. Right. So, I feel like it should. Uh, hold on, let me check that. That would be nice. Um, it does. It's with a Korean name. Like it's in Korean. I can't read it. Right. So somebody he knows. Yeah. Um, That's pull funny. Up a translator. That's a lot of two v two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yellow. He's been playing with yellow. Oh. <laughs> sure. Why not? Why not yellow? Or at least that's what the name translates as. Yeah. I. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Huh. I mean, Yellow is in the clan tag One Piece world. <laughs> He's a big One Piece fan. <laughs> I guess. Hey, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. According to Liquipedia, he's retired. Mm-hmm. Yellow would be and retired. And he's, he's been coaching a League of Legends team. <laughs> <laughs> that well, always, every time that happens, it makes me laugh. What else are you supposed to do if you're a retired Starcraft player? Yeah. Go make a ton of money coaching or playing Lee, I guess. So, yeah, GG Maru. Keep winning those GSLs and losing everything else. It's cool. Yep. The one thing we didn't bet on, by the way. Yeah, it's true. We didn't do any of it. Which is good because I would have picked Zergs, man. <laughs> I would have been <laughs> no. all over them Zergs and just gotten crushed. Here's the thing. I would have picked Maru and he'd have lost. I guarantee it. <laughs> There's an alternate reality where I picked Maru and he lost his fourth GSL. Right, he didn't I get did that forget about that part. Yep. Yeah. There's a multiverse wherein you just keep picking him to do stuff, and he never wins another anything for the rest of his career. And everybody's like, "What happened to Maru?" Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's exactly it. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, good times. Good times had bile. In other news, if you're listening to this and you're unaware of the Fires Foul Pal monthly circuit, it's a lot of words. <laughs> Are we even doing that this month? Maybe. Fire's Foul Pal Monthly Circuit. Mm-hmm. It is a monthly tournament held on Challenge with Falcon Paladin and subscribers and fans of Falcon. If you're listening to this and you play StarCraft, but you don't, uh, but you know, you're not on the Discord, you probably maybe don't know about this at all. So check it out. But yeah, not a lot of participation this month, possibly, but we're looking at May for definitely being a follow-up here. So if you want to play against other people who are awesome at StarCraft and you want to show that you're the best person around and maybe you can beat Fire, that'd be great. Somebody needs to beat Fire. I nearly uh, beat Fire, okay? (laughs) I know. Many people have nearly beat Fire. People didn't, like, I... If I had just been like... "Mm, What? 
Fire came back through and won the last one from the losers bracket. He won. Bar- so. He won- he's won the last three tournaments, right? Fire has won his own last three tournaments by coming through the losers bracket each time. <laughs> I didn't realize it was every time. <laughs> That's so funny. But I nearly beat him in the losers bracket, which means he would have had to go home. It's true. <sighs> would have been so good. Would have been so glorious. Yep. Yeah. Would have been. Would have been hailed as fire killer on discord forever <laughs> anyway that's all the starcraft stuff is it though i think so is there anything else going on mm-hmm. i want to talk to you about a rumor i read yay i like rumors go for it halo f- 6 or halo infinite as it's called will re- be released as a battle royale game <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with no how the, about that uh, the uh lead the lead over at 343 Industries, people making it, also said, no. Yeah, I just Googled it, and that is a very much... It will not have Battle Royale, 343i reiterates. Yeah, this isn't the first time they've said it, so I knew I already knew the answer before I even read the article. But they basically right. did say, we think it could work in the Halo game, and we're happy to let our users make it in Forge mode, but we're not going to do it ourselves. It's a good point. Somebody will make it in Forge mode, without yep. question. Yep. Although, interesting statement here. Things could ultimately change, though, especially if Microsoft commands it. Remember that Microsoft cares mostly about monetization and services rather than full game and hardware sales because services are forever and hardware sales are once. That's how they see it. I don't know if... I'm not saying they're right, but that's how they see it. Is that a quote from someone at 343 or a quote from whoever's writing the article? Oh, that's just whoever's writing it. It's not a quote. It's Derek Strickland explaining how this works. Derek's probably an idiot because... Oh, I, I guarantee Ooh. you Microsoft would rather see you buy a new Xbox every four years than you buy Halo Infinite once and put it down two days later because it's a shit game, right? No, that's not what they want. They want you to continue to pay in to the monthly subscription service model. Right, but if they do yeah. that, people will not play Halo because they made Halo not Halo twice already and people put it down largely, right? Fair. I think if they were to do it as a battle royale, people would not pay into it. And I, I could see them preferring hardware over that even, right? Sure. I mean, they would choose anything over abject failure. Exactly. They have meetings where they're like, how can we make this work? Freaking Epic can do it. Why can't we? I guarantee that question is asked like four times a day. I guarantee you it can't. Like, but there's, like, Okay, so here's the thing. Microsoft and Epic both have two massive franchises, especially on the Xbox. It's Gears of War and Halo, right? Epic didn't do it with Gears. Microsoft shouldn't do it with Halo. Fair. I'm with you. I mean, I agree with you, but I'm just saying there are people who are making the opposite argument. Right. Here's the thing. Saying, uh, I think they've already like, said this? Infinite like will we'll have a buy-in. Like, if you pay for the game, right? Even if there is some as-a-service model, which I think there will be. Right, I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying they won't do it. Uh, Fortnite is like the, the interesting part. The part that people like is free to play. Right, games as a service with a buy-in, people hate because you have to buy in. Correct. So unless they're gonna make Halo free, in you know some portion, I maybe I, I doubt it. Especially with uh, they're probably gonna see massive sales with Master Chief Collection on PC and be like. Oh, if we just make a good Halo game and have people buy in, they'll do it. 
Right. I think I think they'll see a response and hopefully move in the right direction. Right. That would Maybe. be my prediction. Well, we will see. We will see all at the same time, probably. Yeah. It is only 18 hours till Endgame. Uh, by the time people listen to this, it will be in the past. I'm going to have this out two minutes after we stop recording. Now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, Interesting. Uh, that, that's a lie. My upload speed is not good enough to get this out <laughs> up in two minutes. <laughs> One day. One uh, day it will. Don't worry. Uh, maybe. Maybe. All right. Cool. 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 Sports ball minute? I do not have a sports ball minute. Okay. Playoffs are happening. Soccer's happening. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Well, that is going to be it from us. This has been Falcon Paladin and Somicron coming to you with yet another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Consider supporting the podcast through Patreon and the merch store. We do have merch, shirts and cups and hats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check out the show notes for other important things. Remember to listen to the Infinity War pod. I guess it's maybe too late for that. So anyway, until next time, as always, thanks for listening and spending time with us. And you take care of yourself.